Welcome to the What If Cast with Christine and Justin, where we take a deep dive into what if theories that'll blow your mind. Should I say hello? Is that what I should be doing right now? This is an unanswered question. Let's dive into it more. Folks, we're going to be philosophers in this what if cast because we often talk about what ifs, right? But are we really philosophers? No. (laughs) I think Socrates, Aristotle, people with PhDs in philosophy, those are real philosophers. We're simply question askers. Okay, I get people that have gone to school for it, but Socrates was just a guy. He was just a guy who was very opinionated, who said his opinions to everybody who would listen. He dedicated his life to this, though. I I have much more other interests. (laughs) Who are some of your favorite philosophers? I like Rene Descartes. Yeah. You know who that is? I've heard, but do not know too much. Uh, Rene Descartes was probably best known as being a mathematician, but he was definitely a philosopher in his own right. And the thing is, part of the reason why I like him is because he has a much different view of things than me. And I think that's why I thought he was always so interesting. What kind of different view? Well, here's like I said, Rene Descartes was a mathematician. And so a lot of things made sense to him in just a very empirical sense, in the same way that math is absolute. And that the way that you get to answers is very clear and formulaic. He sort of came to conclusions the same way. So he was very logical. But at the same time, he was also a very devout Christian. And so he used math to explain religion. That's weird. <laughs> Could you have any examples? Uh, yeah, I have one. I'll say it real quick just to not bore anybody. So Rene Descartes had an experiment where he used a piece of wax and he was trying to get down to the essence of things, so to speak. And he said that if you have a piece of wax, you know that it's wax and you know that because your senses tell you so. It looks like it. It smells like it. If you put it to your mouth, it probably tastes like it. But then if you put that piece of wax over a lit flame, everything about it would change. It would look different. It would smell different. It would probably taste different but you still know that it's wax. What he surmised from that is that means that there is something specific about wax that will always make it identifiable. There is a certain essence of wax. And he used that to compare it to human beings. According to him, no matter how much you change a human being, there is something about them, an essence, as he puts it, that no matter how you change them on the outside, will always be identifiable as a human being. To him, that was a soul. A soul. Okay. Yeah, an immortal soul, like you think of in Christianity. So he equated the physicalness of the outside of a person to their insides, to their to their emotions. Because I, I say soul is more so like your your emotions, your 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 thoughts, you know, versus your your outside. He didn't really comment on emotions in this particular thought experiment. He meant that your inside, so to speak, your metaphysical inside couldn't be unidentifiable, no matter what happened to your outside. Got it. Well, duh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it is duh, because some people don't even believe in souls. Right. 
Yeah, but I guess like if we did have a soul, like why would changing your outsides ever affect your inside, your 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 thoughts? I guess maybe it changes how you feel about yourself or how you you go about in the world. How's that for you, Renee? You're saying he he has a high IQ, right? Does he have a high EQ? Why don't you explain to everybody, and particularly <laughs> me, what that means? Like IQ is, is uh, your intelligence, that the more logical side, taking tests and seeing, you know, do you know spatial awareness and math and English and, and that sort of thing. And EQ is your emotional intelligence. So are you aware about how you're making other people feel? Um, are you aware about how you're making yourself feel? Are you self-aware? So it, it, there's a little balance there. Listen, I didn't know Rene Descartes and past. <laughs> What little I studied about him, I don't really know how he acted with other people. So I really couldn't answer that question. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested. I, I had no idea about him. I'm, I don't really know too much about philosophers, to be honest. But hey, you know, we're philosophers today, apparently, right? Hey, Justin, what is philosophy? To me, at least, philosophy is when you have a question that you know you don't really have the means to answer and yet you try to get a conclusion anyway why why would we do this because even if you can't know something you can at least have some way of approaching it you can have some conclusion that you can make about it that other people can look at and say yeah i can see how you got there at least Mm -hmm. so with science and discovering space they're they're in the hopes that they will find the answer but they may never will do you do you equate that with philosophy at all the answer to what? Like existence, the big bang, you know, like they have essential ideas, but sometimes it's not conclusive, right? Or they can change. So in a way, that's kind of like answering unanswered questions like philosophy. You know, I was going to say you can't really be wrong when it comes to philosophy, but you absolutely can. If you ignore facts, then yeah, you can be wrong in philosophy. But there have been a lot of famous people that get a lot of credit historically Like Aristotle, everybody knows that name. They know that he was a philosopher. They've heard of him, but he was wrong about things. He was wrong about the structure of the atom. Oh, yeah? He he thought that the atom was structured one way. Turns out he was wrong. Later down the line, a different scientist with actual equipment was able to look at an atom and see that it was different than what Aristotle had said. And in a way, isn't that science more so than philosophy? Finding out the structure of an atom? Science and philosophy are really not all that different. It's just that science has a method. And in philosophy, there are only really discussions. You know, you you don't really have a way to test the things that you're talking about in philosophy. It's more just a postulation. Mm -hmm. Part of it's like uh, Rene Descartes. I mentioned him earlier in the sense that he has this hypothesis and then he does an experiment. Do you think that scientists would also be quite philosophical in their thoughts? Because I'm thinking about people like Galileo like challenging ideas and looking into them because they're challenging those ideas and thinking, what if this could be? Well, that's the thing though. I don't really see Galileo as a philosopher. And like I said before, it really is the same thing. It's just that a scientist answers answerable questions. A philosopher discusses unanswerable questions. How do you feel about the phrase, I think, therefore I am? You know who said that? No. (laughs) Wait, wait, can I guess? Please do. Okay. Okay. Uh, Who's the one before Socrates? Plato? No, Plato was a student of Socrates, but I can tell you right now it was neither of those two men. 
all right all right was it shakespeare <laughs> shakespeare was a poet he was i know he was but for some reason i feel like it could be one of their wow <laughs> i give up tell me i think therefore i am is attributed to philosopher rene descartes no <laughs> i told you i knew nothing about rene Christine, what's a question that you think there is really no objective answer to? Is there a purpose for life? Because it comes down to the individual, right? What do they want to live for or not live for? I think it's just kind of a whatever you want kind of thing. Is that an answer for this? Eh, I don't know. But you're the philosopher this episode. You're right. You're right. Okay. So purpose, right? Why do we do something? Why do we live? I think that based off of how I am, continuously reflect to see why do I do what I do? What what do I want to do? And I think it's evolving over time, all the time. As I learn more about myself, as I learn how I affect others, I think that my purpose is evolving. What do you feel is a, a question that is un, un, unanswerable? Well, here's a question that I've thought about. Do you think it matters how life started? Are you talking about the existence of our planet? No, I'm talking about the existence of life at its origin. Do you think it matters how it happened? Like who birthed you? No, I'm, I mean life at the origin of everything. Got it. That first organism that developed in like a hot spring, right? Yeah. Do you think it matters how it happened? Personally, I don't think it matters very much. Mm -hmm. I don't think it matters to our existence and our happiness and all that, but I think it's pretty cool to to figure it out. To uh, I think it's very interesting and it kind of tells us about our history in a way that is kind of helpful in terms of seeing how we evolved and all that and, and kind of gives us some sense of gratitude for life in general, right? To, to kind of see how it started, if it started from such a small organism to become us intelligent beings. I think that it's very exciting, but does it matter? Does it matter? <laughs> I love to see the world as a mystery and to uncover and to ask questions. And so for me, it's, it's kind of nice to have unanswered questions like this. It gives me joy and excitement and discovery. I think it's important to think about, but I don't think it matters if we never figure it out. I bring this up because I've met a lot of people over the years. And for some reason, this is one of the most important questions to people. People really do believe this matters a lot. Whether we're talking about the existence of everything or the existence of life, we got to find out for some reason. I'm sort of in the same boat as you, a little bit different, more in the sense that I just don't understand why it's so crucial to know. Some people are very adamant about, no, everything started with this massive explosion. Some people are like, no, God created the earth. Some people say, no, life rose from the ocean, from single cellular organisms. Some people think there was just one guy and it started with two human beings named Adam and Eve. Yeah. I know people that <laughs> also, the, the, they know that they don't know the answer and it, it's, it's frightening a little bit because there's fear and unknowing sometimes. I love it. I can't get enough of the unknowingness <laughs> because I love possibilities. That's probably why I enjoy this podcast so much. But it's so cool to think about all of the ways it could have started. Like 
what if there were multiple universes that crashed and now we have this universe? Or what if it was a God? What if like it really was? Or what if there wasn't? You know, or what if it was just some rock that spun around? Like it could be anything. And that's so cool. I would almost hate to know the answer because then I don't get to question it. Something so large like this forming. Here's the thing though. This whole episode is about philosophy and philosophers. And I feel like old school philosophers have a sort of different opinion than maybe you or Mm -hmm. me. Because when you're answering these questions, you're talking about it in more of a personal gratification kind of way. You're talking about, oh, I think about these things because it's enjoyable to me. But you have somebody like Socrates who is going out into the streets, standing in the Agora and just saying it out loud. And when people come around, he says it more. He's specifically trying to convince, not convince, but spread his own thoughts about that. It was meant for other people. Right. I think that if you're a philosopher, you probably have some sort of goal you want to achieve. You want to, you know, maybe there, you have to accept the fact the question may never be answered, but you might get closer to it. Like, it's hard for me to, to realize that people want to get into philosophy, make that career. What are you achieving? Do you know what I mean? Like if you were a philosopher, right? That is, that is your job. What are you solving? That's the thing. I feel like if you really think that you want, you're going to make this big discovery and that you're going to come to a definitive conclusion about something that everybody's going to accept, you probably shouldn't be a philosopher. You should probably be a scientist. Mm -hmm. So I would say the goal of philosopher is just to expand the minds of others, right? It's not to pinpoint them to a solution. It's more so, hey, have you thought about this possibility or this? You know, a lot of people are in their own head and they only have one way of thinking about something. And sometimes that can be detrimental to relating to other people with different mindsets. And I feel like philosophy is a cool way to really expand people's minds and make them think. Do you think it's better to be happy or to be secure? Think about what that question means. (laughs) To be happy or to be secure? Because I feel like you can have both, right? You can be secure and be happy. But if I had to choose one or the other, and secure to me is to feel safe, to feel like I'm I'm good for life to feel like I don't need to question things. To be happy is to to feel great. And I feel like s- security comes with happiness. So I'm curious about this question. Uh, um, I would say because secure, like secure, I feel like also it, it comes with the sense of danger and I don't want to be in danger. And I feel like I live in fear if I weren't secure, right? But also happiness is just the ultimate high point of living. Let's just go with happy, you know? Yeah, maybe I'll die and I'll be in fear, but let's go with that. Well, what were you meaning with that question? (laughs) Well, like you pointed out, there's a lot of different interpretations of of both of those words. But I feel like with happiness comes some sort of fulfillment and with security comes some sort of ease. And I feel like you can be happy and not in a good place in your life. I feel like you can be set and secure and you cannot be happy. Right. Absolutely. Great question. <laughs> I only took one philosophy class in college. I remember talking about free will and, and that sort of stuff. I also remember in my English class, 
we were reading old texts, which I think I read to you, but like one of them was Gilgamesh. It was just interesting reading texts way before the Bible that I was raised and seeing like different different gods and, and all that. And it just made me think a lot about what what is God, what is life, all that sort of stuff. And it, because, because it was English, it wasn't philosophy. I, I feel like I almost got more out of it because it was focused on te- texts rather than just the questions. Yeah, I mean, did you ever take philosophy in, in college? I took a few classes. Yeah, I took an intro class. I took a class that was about the philosophy of religion, and I took a class that was called the philosophy of war and peace. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember you were talking about war and peace, and I was like, you cannot talk to me about this anymore because you do not like war. <laughs> peace all the way. <laughs> well, I think what made that class so interesting, but I guess so upsetting for you at the same time <laughs> is because it gets into topics of morality. Right. And morality is not an objective thing. And if you are in a long period of duress, like war, how do you know what's actually permissible to do morally and legally? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm big and I don't know. I don't know why, but conflict really gets to me. I try to avoid it at all times, but it also is very important. Do you think it's better to be willing to conflict with people or do you think it's better to be conflict averse? It depends on the situation. I think that it is better to speak your mind and get your point across and make sure that person understands you to kind of create peace by saying, oh, it's okay. You know, maybe that that's probably a lie, right? You're probably lying if you're just creating peace. So I think it is better to make sure your voice is heard, but also do it in a way that doesn't make the other person feel all the way down. You don't, don't just shut people out in terms of like, if you're conflicting with someone and you're, you say, Hey, you know, we disagree and we can never be friends again, or, or I'm never going to hear your, your, your voice, right? If you're conflicting with someone and you're not actually hearing them, I think it's very important for both people to get their voices across, but also find some common ground. It's tough though, because I feel like you talk about conflict in a very diplomatic, non-confrontational way. Absolutely. (laughs) So I'm not really sure which side you actually answered with. Now that's, that's uh, me conflicting with you. <laughs> I, I never think you need to use actual physical violence to solve a problem. You know, maybe you do need to defend. That would be the reasoning, but it doesn't solve anything at all. You're not understanding where the other person's coming from. What if everyone in the world took these common philosophy classes like War and Peace and what were the other ones you did? Religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, regular one-on-one, just and like they understood all these different kinds of topics, and maybe people question things more. What would a world be like? I think the world would be a little bit better because I think some people take questions that really don't have a definitive answer, and they substitute their own opinion as the answer. If people thought about things as if it was a philosophy class or whatever and there was no answer, they were just talking about it. I feel like maybe some discussions would be a little bit more amicable at least. Yeah, because I think a lot of people assume that their answer is the right answer, or you know, they don't really hear other people's answers, or they just haven't been in a situation talking about a question that can't be answered. And I think sitting with that unanswered reality could be pretty cool. I actually have a neighbor that uh, is getting her philosophy PhD right now. I haven't talked to her too much, but I would like to out of curiosity about where she wants to take that. You got any other big questions? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. 
What is love? Uh, love is when you care about somebody besides yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Total philosopher here. <laughs> Very insightful, Christine. Thank you so much. <laughs> love is like you just you just want them to be happy over and not yourself. Yeah, it's funny how we use love so interchangeably between objects. Like, I love this pillow, but I also love you, you know? <laughs> and it just means something totally different. Just that's kidding. All, I love my pillow so much. <laughs> that That's all language is. It's just various levels of emphasis. That was deep, Ben. Are you a philosopher? No, but I was an English major. Oh, right. Same thing. Incredibly different thing, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm sure a lot of English majors take a lot of philosophy classes, but I, I feel like, like math, maybe you don't. I mean, I'm just bad at math. That's why I never took any of those classes. Mm-hmm. You're not a Renee. <laughs> no, but if we're going to circle back to the front of the conversation, that's why I like them so much because I'm not a mathematical kind of person. Neither am I a deeply religious kind of person. So I feel like I really connected with what he had to say just because I never heard it before. I think that's very big of you to uh, connect with someone that is completely the opposite of you in many ways. I'm no better than anybody else. I just thought it was interesting. I feel like that's a lot of what philosophy is, like understanding different thoughts that you've never pondered before. I think that's the most exciting parts I I had in philosophy class where I was like, wow, I didn't think of this before. You know, it's very exciting. (laughs) To be or not to be? Someone said that. I don't know who it is. It, I want to say that Shakespeare, and I know it's not. That's Shakespeare, yeah. Fuck! <laughs> but see, that is so so a philosophical question. He's just a poet. Well, he's a poet, but his character is a philosopher. Well, now that's questionable. Hey, we can debate Hamlet a different time, but I feel like he absolutely was crazy enough to be a philosopher. Oh, so you're saying philosophers are crazy? No, I'm saying all he had left was to think about the nature of life. Because he killed everyone? No, he did that after that. Oh, okay, cool. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the What If cast. I hope you liked us questioning things more so than we do in other episodes, but also kind of the same amount. (laughs) Should we do more of this? Or would it be better if we did our regular sort of topics? Now that's a good question. I think that we should ponder this sometime. All right. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.